0: Hi and welcome to Woodside Weekly, bite-sized, digestible, authentic English, straight to your inbox. UNESCO decided that the pleasures of books and reading should be celebrated, and World Book Day was first held in 1995 and has been celebrated every year since, on the 23rd of April. More than 100 countries worldwide take part in World Book Day. It's a fun way of encouraging people to read and it makes reading more appealing to younger audiences. World Book Day is held on the 23rd of April but do you have any idea why it might be held on this date? It is quite a significant date in the world of literature as Miguel de Cervantes, William Shakespeare and Inca Garcilaso de la Vegais are thought to have died around this day. What a coincidence! In fact, in the case of Shakespeare, he is thought to have died on his birthday. Rather unfortunate. William Shakespeare was one of the best playwrights of all time and his influence on the English language is undeniable. So I thought today it would be fascinating to talk about him. So carry on listening to find out more. Who was William Shakespeare? Well, he was born in a beautiful little town in the Midlands in Britain called Stratford-upon-Avon. If you ever get the opportunity to visit Shakespeare's birthplace, then I absolutely recommend you do. Stratford-upon-Avon is a beautiful little town. It's very picturesque. It has a lovely river running through it. And I totally recommend it if you want to see typical England. Now, of course, it's quite interesting because it's the birthplace of Shakespeare, and he was said to have been born there in 1564. Shakespeare was one of eight children born to John Shakespeare and Mary Arden. Now, John Shakespeare was a glove maker, and he was also a landowner. Now, according to records, he appeared to have a higher income than just a simple glove maker because he was a landowner. Therefore, he had a higher status in society, which in turn meant that he could send some of his children to school. Now, William was one of the lucky ones. He had the opportunity to study Latin and, of course, other subjects, but also a lot of grammar. Now, in 1582, at the age of 18, Shakespeare married Anne Hathaway, who was actually eight years his senior It's thought that the ceremony was somewhat rushed as Anne was actually pregnant at the time she got married. Their daughter Susanna was born just six months after they married. Anne and Shakespeare later went on to have twins, Hamlet and Judith. Unfortunately, Hamlet died at the age of 11. So how did Shakespeare manage to take the leap from living in a small house in Stratford, working for his father in the family business, to becoming a well-known playwright and poet? Well, Shakespeare didn't want to stay in Stratford, as he knew perfectly well that the best theatres were in London and they held far more opportunities for people like himself as actors and playwrights. So that's where he headed. He left his brother in charge of his family to make sure that they were okay, and it's said that off he went to London and sent his family money on a regular basis. Now between 1587 and 1592, no one really knows what Shakespeare was doing. They're known as his lost years. There seems to be no real record However, by the 1590s, Shakespeare, there's lots more documentation, lots more records of Shakespeare's activity and publications, etc. And it seems by the 1590s, he'd started to become very well known for his work. Shakespeare was able to make a name for himself in London. He became a member of the Lord Chamberlain's Men, which was actually a theatre company, and he became a shareholder in that company. He ended up working for the Lord Chamberlain's men for about a third of his life. It allowed him to perform for Queen Elizabeth and King James, so he was mixing in very high circles. Shakespeare, as we all know, was a prolific writer, and his first published works were actually two long poems, Venus and Adonis, which was published in 1593, and The Rape of Lucrece, which was written in 1594. At the time, the plague was rife, so theatres and playhouses were not open, so Shakespeare began to write and write and write. Now, between 1590 and 1613, he wrote at least 38 plays and 154 sonnets. There are no original manuscripts. So you might be thinking, how is it that we have a record of a lot of Shakespeare's works? Well, when Shakespeare died actors they'd memorized the works and they were actually able to make a record of the plays and that is how they got handed down over the centuries. In his work Shakespeare wrote many different genres historical plays, tragedies, comedies that dealt with jealousy, grief, murder, revenge, magic and mystery. They also dealt with ambition, power, fate, will and evil. He was actually surprisingly advanced for his times with the topics he dealt with in his literature. Did you know that Shakespeare helped in the standardisation of English language? And I mean, he really did help. If you thought English was a chaotic language to learn and understand, and that there's a great lack of rules, You should have actually studied it before Shakespeare's times. The English language went through a process called standardisation in the 17th and 18th century. And because Shakespeare's works were so prolific, they actually helped to standardise spelling, grammar and vocabulary. So I think we should all be greatly thankful to Shakespeare for helping the standardisation process, even if there are still some things to work on. But it's made it a lot more simple than it would have been in the past. Shakespeare actually provided the English language with around 1700 new words. It's really interesting to look at. He was really adept at taking words from other languages and making them English in some way, so he would take a noun from one language and turn it into a verb in English, or he'd use a verb as an adjective in English or he would connect words that had never been connected before. He would add prefixes, suffixes, and he would invent entirely new and original terms. Now, going back to the words that were introduced to the English language through or thanks to Shakespeare, there are some really, really common ones. I'm sure you'll be super surprised to know that they were actually invented by Shakespeare. So you've got words like road, Now, I'm going to take advantage of these few words. I've chosen them on purpose because they are words that also cause a few pronunciation problems. So the first one is road. Remember, don't say roar, it's road. That was invented by Shakespeare. Accommodation. Accommodation. Gloomy, which means dark. So, you know, when you've got a day that's rainy and cloudy and there's just no sunlight, it's not a light day. It's a gloomy day. You can be in a gloomy mood. That means that you're in a bad mood. You're a bit gloomy today. What's the matter? Okay, the next word. Control. Don't say control. It's control. Suspicious. We also have suspicious in English thanks to Shakespeare. Suspicious. Hurry. Remember not to trill your R. It's not hurry. It's hurry. Dawn. Dawn. Not down. Dawn. Dawn is when night is changing today so the sun starts to come up in the early hours of the morning. We also have the word lonely in English thanks to Shakespeare. Bedroom. Bedroom. Fashionable. Fashionable. Manager. Manager. That's thanks to Shakespeare too. And the word useful. Useful. Try not to say useful. Useful. So as you can see, he didn't just invent words that we no longer use. He brought words to the English language that we use every single day. And that those are just a few because I could obviously give you a list of 1,700 words. But I'm not going to do that. So I'm sure it's more than clear to you now how much Shakespeare has given the English language. And I wanted to finish off today by giving you some idioms and expressions that are used and were invented by Shakespeare in many of his plays. Now, all of the expressions I've chosen are used in everyday English. I actually teach them quite often. And some of them you will recognise, I'm sure, because they have been translated in maybe into your own native language. But you may not necessarily have known that their origin was from Shakespeare. So the first one, to eat someone out of house and home, is actually from the play Henry IV. So if somebody eats you out of house and home, it means that they eat a lot. So it's used a lot to talk about teenagers nowadays, for example. So the kids are growing up and they are eating me out of house and home. That means they're eating anything and everything they can get their hands on. The next one, what's done is done. That's from Macbeth. Now that appears in many languages. And that means you can't change what has already happened. The next expression is from the tempest. To be in a pickle. If you're in a pickle, it means that you're in trouble or in a mess. Hey, can you help me? I'm in a bit of a pickle. My car's broken down and the buses have stopped. Could you come and pick me up? The next one's from The Merchant of Venice. Love is blind. That's when people can't see the faults of the people they love. The next one's from The Comedy of Errors. Neither rhyme nor reason. So there's no rhyme nor reason to his bad mood today. When there's neither rhyme nor reason, it means there's no obvious or no logical reason why. Sometimes in the morning you may wake up and you might say, I've not slept a wink. I've not slept a wink. That means that to say that you haven't slept very well at all. And that's from Cymbaline, the play "Simbeline." I've not slept a wink. The clothes make the man. That's from Hamlet. The clothes make the man. And that means that a man is judged by the clothes he wears. And this one, I'm sure you all know this one already, is from The Taming of the Shrew. And it's to break the ice. And that means to calm an awkward or difficult social situation. So as you can see, Shakespeare, super important for the English language language. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and you've learned a few interesting facts about Shakespeare and about some of the English that you're learning. And that's all for this week. Thanks very much for listening to Woodside Weekly. I'll be back again next week with more. If you did enjoy the podcast, then please remember to like and share. Thanks for listening.